0: Hi friends, welcome back to the Bible Project daily podcast. You're very welcome as we uh, journey together through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And today, we're finishing off this little section of three observations through Genesis chapter 37, and I'm just going to sum up this story of the persecution of uh, Joseph and his selling into slavery. just by way of introduction, quick reminder, there's always a transcript of the, uh, the text approximately of what I say in each of these studies, and it's there, always available in the episode notes of any audio version of the podcast. doesn't matter where you're getting it from, you just link through to the episode notes and you'll find a transcript there, and lots of ways that you can connect to my ministry, uh, not just the, the, the podcast anyway thanks for joining me today and i hope you're benefiting from being and spending this time studying the word of god every day and in a moment we'll jump straight into the text but hopefully i'll see you right back at the end where i'll just update you with with a few things so bye for now Okay, here we are. We're just going to close off chapter 37 and I'd like to just maybe summarize and make some observations. And if you remember, I gave the overall title to this chapter asking the question, well, could it teach us anything about how to handle hatred? Now, if you've been listening and journeying with me over the last few months, as we've gone through the life of Jacob, I think if I were to ask you for a key word to describe something that consistently describes the events in the life of Jacob and how he lived his life a reasonable word would that would cover everything that we saw in terms of how he lived his life would be the word deception and what do we have here but his sons doing what Jacob has done all his life deceiving their father and so Jacob becomes the victim of a deception himself perpetrated by his own offspring. Do you remember how Jacob himself started off his own adulthood way back about ten chapters ago? He launched off his adulthood, his coming of the age if you like, by deceiving his father and the same thing is happening in a way now. The deceiver is getting deceived. It was Jacob who made his father think that he was Esau and then stole his birthright and then his brother Esau because of that threatened to kill him so he fled he left town and he headed east and he met laban but then he got deceived and he ended up having to work 14 years so he could marry the woman that he loved he was deceived again because he married the older sister when he thought he was marrying the younger sister so again the conniver gets deceived and one could say what's happening here even now is what goes around comes around He tricked his way out of the land of Laban and he returned, escaped, you might say, to his homeland. And then after living 10 years in Canaan with his family, all his children around him, this happens to him. So what do you make of this story surrounding the events relating and building up to the mistreatment of Joseph and the misleading of Jacob into believing that his son's actually been killed? Well, let me make a couple of observations. Firstly, Joseph and his father, Jacob stroke Israel, you might say that he was chosen, Joseph was chosen by his father to be a favoured. So one of the observations I want to make is very simple. And that is that the chosen are often hated. The favored of God are often hated. And in some cases, they're actually quite simply, they're hated because they are favoured by God. I think that that's one of the profound spiritual truths of the Bible, and I believe that it's particularly demonstrated in the teachings of the New Testament for us. Remember how Jesus said, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. But then he also said, within the same section, he said that if they hate me, they're going to hate you also. Have you actually figured out that the world in terms of its systems and its structures, really hates Jesus. Have you noticed that? Willful, sinful people, willful, sinful, self-serving systems don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And they certainly don't want anyone to tell them how they should live their lives when it comes to personal morality. For 2,000 years, humanity have tried to kick God out of any form of public discourse, especially where there are seats of power or influence in the world. They have always been concerted attempts to remove God from every aspect of the public sector of life, right from the Roman Empire up to today. And by being identified with Jesus Christ, that means people will hate you. Now they won't express it that way, but their position will always be in polar opposite to yours and will stand in direct conflict to yours. It goes with the territory. And I think that the story illustrates that truth. But although that is true, I also think there are two other things that are actually even more significant about that that we can pull out of this uh, story. And one is that God is always providentially working. Sometimes God works supernaturally, I do believe that. He can do a miracle, bam, he can sort something out, and he can do it instantaneously. But other times, he works providentially. More often, I believe, he works in what the Bible calls providentially. It's not as dramatic, it's usually not as instantaneous, but he still brings about his purposes in the lives of extraordinary people in ordinary ways. The idea of the providence of God is the concept of God working through natural means, where God works in the lives of individuals and he works behind the scenes and he works in the lives and circumstances of people's lives to bring about his plans. And that, I believe, is primarily what's going on in this chapter. I've already hinted at what's coming with the suggestion that there's a devastating famine on the horizon but at this very early point god i believe is already planning and preparing a way to feed his family and to keep his plans for a nation of israel to keep them on track he's already preparing that so that when this famine comes and he knows it's coming that he will have put in place some way somebody to provide food not just for the egyptian nation but for this family who, remember, are the early proto-nation of the nation of Israel. This is the providence, the providential working of God. So this story for me indicates the fact that often God is working in the everyday. Now, we may not see it, we may not feel it, we may not understand it, but believe me, beloved, God is still working and he's still working in your life. God is working behind the scenes. He's putting into place things that you could never imagine and things that you may only find out about much later. I think it's worth probing this just a little bit more. What does he have to get done? What is he providentially working to in order to get done? We can see what he's doing here, and that's to have Joseph, get Joseph into Egypt, as it were, because he's going to have to have Joseph in a position of authority to put in charge to such a level that when the famine comes and the family flees and the drought comes, that they go to Egypt, Joseph needs to be in a position of power in order that he has the authority to support, well, literally to feed his family. All right, how is God going to get that done? Well, the first point is, of course, he needs to get Joseph into Egypt and eventually will need to get him into a position of influence in Egypt. And involved in that is Joseph now experiencing this really hard time, involving for him the open hostility, no, the open hatred of his brothers. They really do hate him. They probably would have killed them if they felt they could have got away with it. And they hate him not just because he's a dreamer, but because he is his father's favorite. They almost did kill him, but at the last minute they decide to sell him into slavery instead. So God can use the hatred and the deceptions of other people to still get his will done. Does that boggle your mind? God can use the hatred of other people God can use the envy and jealousy of other people towards you or towards anyone, he can still even use that to fulfill his purposes. If you look with me at a verse in Psalm 76, there is an incredible truth there that I think sometimes gets passed over. Psalm 76 verse 10 says, Surely your wrath against mankind brings you praise, and the survivors of your wrath are restrained. This is a fascinating verse. People can get angry. People can even be filled with hatred and jealousy and envy. And God will still turn things around. And he can still use those things, those negative things, for his praise and to accomplish his will. And I think that's absolutely incredible. It tells us a very similar thing in the New Testament in that famous chapter Romans 28 which unpacks this very concept for us. When it tells us things like this Romans eight twenty-eight says as we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purposes for those God foreknew, he is predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, it's very important you understand this verse is not saying that all things are good. Was it good that Joseph got thrown into a pit? No. Was it good that he was hated? No. Was it good that he was sold into slavery? No. We haven't actually heard the rest of the story yet, but it's going to get worse. He's going to end up in prison. He's actually going to get framed for something he didn't do. Was that good? No, of course not. But what this verse is saying, what this verse is teaching us, I hope, is that all things, all circumstances can work together for good. It's not saying that all things are good. It's saying that they can be used to produce good. But what's the good? What is the good that is going on here? Well, Romans chapter 8 tells us ultimately what that good thing of God is. And if you look at this passage again look at these verses again carefully and you'll discover that that thing which is good for us is that we be conformed to christ through these difficult circumstances god can allow all these devastating things that come into our life no more than that god will use any devastating things that can come into your life if we respond to them properly. If we respond to them properly, he will use them to conform us into the image of his son, Jesus. He will use them to make us a little more like Christ, a little more like Jesus. When we're given a challenging, difficult thing to to deal with in our life, it equips us later on, if we respond properly, to help other people who are going to be going through those same things and enables us to be more Christ-like in the unique, special circumstances of what we have gone through and we now share with other people. So my point here are very simply the three points really. Firstly, that chosen people are often hated and have people turn against them. And that happens precisely because they are chosen and favoured by God. But secondly, God will always be working providentially in the background. He's working behind the scenes in every circumstance to accomplish his will. So I started out a few days ago when we began to look at this chapter 37 by asking the question, is how do you handle all the stuff that life can throw at us? Well I believe I can do that by making a third and final observation and that is that if you look at this story in the narrow shorter term you will see nothing but heartbreak and heartache and if you look in your own life in the narrow shorter term and in the particular circumstances you're in you may feel at that moment that it's just about heartbreak and heartache. If you're going through a really tough time in life And you look at what's going on in your life and you just hold it there and look at it in the short term you may see nothing but the problems that you have you may see nothing but the difficulties that you're experiencing but if you take this story in genesis as a template and look at it in the context of the whole narrative within the book of genesis and the whole narrative particularly in the life of the individual joseph that this story is dealing with then what you will see that is in the long term these individual events, these individual pieces in the puzzle that at the in the moment are truly painful turn out to be used by God totally to fulfill His purposes. So if you miss everything else I'm saying today here's one thing I believe it's really important that you grasp hold of, that you really get a handle on, that is If you're facing envy, if you're facing jealousy, if you're being mistreated, well the way to deal with those things, even if it feels to you that your whole world is falling apart, you need to place those circumstances within the wider context of God's plan for your life. The way to handle any form of suffering in your life is to place it within the wider, higher, greater plans of God for your life. Did the bottom fall out of Joseph's life here? Absolutely. How did he handle it? Well, if he looked at the immediate, he would only see his problem. God says we, like Joseph, have to sometimes step back and try and get the big picture and see what God can use in our circumstances for us. What is God wanting us to learn out of this situation? How are we going to be able to, to uh, help others by going through this. What is the purpose that God is trying to help us find in our difficult circumstances? That's the point. You know, if we too, if we also, if the things that happened to Joseph, the things we've already seen in this short introductory chapter that happened in his life, if they happened in our life, we too might feel we are indeed justified in feeling a bit depressed. He ends up literally being sold as a slave into Egypt, from going from his father's favourite son to a slave. But if you hold this within the context of the story of his entire life, you can see that God is using all of this to prepare him for future service. That was God's purpose. And he hinted at it ahead of time and what that purpose was by giving him these dreams. He said, I'm going to give you a dream and you're going to have authority over people and help support and answer the incredible trials that they would go through. Even over these scoundrels of his brothers. He tells them ahead of time. He gives them hints ahead of time of what's going on. Though, fairness, at that point, Joseph probably didn't understand it. And that is often what we will experience too. God will be speaking to us in these circumstances. He'll be giving us a vision ahead of time as how this is going to pan out in our lives. So friends, if you're going through a hard time, if you're going through things like I've described in these last episodes, well, if you look at the in the immediate, you'll just see the problem. But if you can back off and respond properly, you may very well see, you may very well have revealed to you exactly what God wants you to learn in your life through these difficult circumstances. God may, in fact, very well speak to you directly through these circumstances. Probably not in a dream, because for us today, it's more likely to be in his word, because in his word, God has fully revealed what he's doing and what his plans are for our lives and how he's preparing us for future works of service remember all of this is to enable you and i to become conformed as the bible calls it to be made more christ-like to be made more like jesus and to be put and into a position and equipped to serve in that position so that's how you handle these sorts of difficult situations by seeing the ultimate purpose behind these things even the most difficult things As achieving our conformity to Christ and equipping us for service. Now ironically by selling Joseph into Egypt, his brothers actualized the very dream that they sought to subvert. They actually actualized the raising up of Joseph into a position of influence and into a position of service. That's the providence of God. People who serve faithfully as unto the Lord, it's true, they sometimes may face opposition, they sometimes may even experience persecution, but God will preserve them so that they can fulfill the God's given purpose for them in, the, in their lives. I'm truly saddened that people who serve faithfully unto the Lord often experience suffering. I'm saddened when I hear about persecution, uh, particularly of Christian believers, but God will preserve them so they can fulfill their God-given destiny. So never, never look at the chaos of the moment in your life. Always try and get the big picture and know that in the long term, God can use this to prepare you to fulfill your purpose and reveal and allow you to fulfill His de- the destiny, the plans, the purposes he has for you. okay that's it for today thank you so much for joining me i'd like to remind you that you can access lots of my teaching uh, in other places on facebook uh, on uh, the youtube channel and of course on my Patreon website, where if you want to, you can subscribe and become a patron and support this ministry, enabling the main ministry, which is the Bible Project Daily Podcast, to not only get on the internet, but to stay on the internet for free. It's really also worth mentioning that if you personally value this ministry and, would, and think it would help others, then by uh, subscribing to it, you'll always ensured to get a uh, every single episode without having to think about it but uh, but also uh, by liking it or reviewing it or sharing it you will enable it to be seen and discovered much more widely but anyway that's it for today thanks thank you so much for joining me thank you just for choosing to watch and to spend time together Uh, ensuring that the study of God's words, the study of the Bible, is part of the rhythm of your daily life. I thank you also if you're one of those people who pray for me. Pray for me. I covet your prayers that I may be equipped and enabled to continue this long-term project and see it through to its completion, if that's God's plan. But that's it for today. I'll hopefully see you back here tomorrow. Uh, It's tomorrow for me, whatever day it happens to be for you. But I hope to join you again very soon on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.